Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, that is, of course, the beautiful voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. You, uh, if you calm down a little bit. Oh, I'm always better. I never, I never get too upset about football. Everybody, Marcus got very angry today about some hot takes uh, about a certain quarterback from the national media. And uh, I tried to listen. I tried to tried to uh, give it back a little bit. What's the what's the overarching thing today that just upset you the most? Just just what, what is it? What's give it give it to me I, in one sentence? I just I, I don't like it when people are being disingenuous. You know, I just I, if you're going to have a take, I want you to like fully believe it, have a little bit of truth behind it. But just creating a take to create a take is just something that I personally would never do. Uh, by the way, <laughs> running backs don't matter. Really. Yeah. Exactly. Well, on the uh, subject of running backs don't matter, there's been some drama uh, about Jonathan Taylor and the Dolphins. Marcus and I were going to pod last night, and Marcus wanted to wait, see what happened with Jonathan Taylor in a potential trade with Miami. Well, it didn't happen. So now what? He's on the pup list. He can't play for four weeks. <laughs> All because nobody would give a second-round pick for literally a dude – who was maybe a top three offensive player two years ago and scored yeah. like, was it 19 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns, something ridiculous like that. He, yeah. I, the offensive player of the year. Now maybe he wasn't because of all the receivers, but like somebody that was in that conversation. It's so weird, but remember running backs don't matter. No, but I do get it. Jonathan Taylor's 35 who wants to take a chance on a 35 year old running back, you know, even though I don't even think is he even 25 yet. I, I don't, I, I don't I, I was fact checking. Uh, no, he's 24. He doesn't turn 25 until January. So are we at the point now where, oh man, once the running back hits 24 and a half, data shows it. It's the wall. No, no I, this one's really weird because I feel like if you're going to pay a running back, like if you're going to make an exception to the rule, Jonathan Taylor is one of those exceptions, right? Because he is only 24 years old. He's somebody who the first two years of his career he averaged like 5.3 yards per carry. He's got size. He can, he's got home run speed. But, man, it just feels like we're in a really unique situation now with Taylor where he missed most of last year. He was dealing with a back injury this offseason, dealing with an ankle injury, upset with his contract, and now he's on the PUP list for the first you know month of the season. Like, I, I, I don't know how this is going to shake out. Well, let's not forget the Colts are playing a rookie quarterback. Uh, that that certainly complicates things uh, even more. It'd be sure nice to have a really stud running back back there, but you know, once you hit twenty four and a half, you're no longer a stud running back. That's we we all know. That's bigger, faster, stronger. It's well, one of those I, great I mean, rules. 
I know you're joking, but I do wonder if like one of the reasons why the Colts were so against paying him. I mean, anything this offseason is because there was so many injuries between the back and the foot. And if he's still not ready to play, I, I don't know how you can give that player a bunch of money guaranteed going into the future. Okay. Uh, so no problem there. Um, or at least I understand what you're saying. So I want to ask you a question here. So as the running backs don't matter guy, explain to me in your mind, why you think Miami was smart not to give up a second round pick for him. Cause that's what the Colts wanted. I don't know that they, if they were, I, I I'm exactly. kind of of the belief that Miami is in a championship window right now. You have two mm-hmm. on a rookie deal. You've got Tyreek Hill before his cap number really explodes. And I, I think he's, 29 or 30 right now you've got Jalen Waddle on a rookie deal you've got all these defensive players on rookie deals it does feel like your window is the next two maybe three years I do wonder like if you trade you know you flip a second round pick for Jonathan Taylor if it does make you five percent better and a little bit harder to defend let me just throw it out even farther here for you. And I, I meant, I'm glad you answered that way. Cause I was setting you up for failure there because I, I think this is stupid. Tell me, tell me what the value of a second round pick is. Uh, I mean, uh, so Miami's second round pick, if they have Jonathan Taylor, got to figure Miami would have a good shot at going 11 and six, let's say, which is going to say it's in the fifties at best. At best, yeah, because there's 64 picks in the first two rounds. 60 to 64 are going to be the the five top teams. You go 11 and six, you're going to be really close to the five top teams. So that pick could be literally, you say 50 something, literally could be 59, pick number 59. How many guys in the last 10, 20 years at pick 59 became Pro Bowl level players, do you think? Just Uh, guessing. Maybe two, maybe three. Yeah. Right. And teams are, I mean, just look across the NFL today. Today was cut down day. Look at how many former second and third round picks, because really, when you, if, let's say they're drafting 59. That's almost a third round pick. You're probably going to pick somebody that has a third round grade on your draft board. How many second and third round picks were just outright released after like three years, uh, you know, today on cut down day. So to me, it's nothing. The harder part is the money and figuring out like what a market contract is for Jonathan Taylor. And that's probably why it didn't get done because maybe Jonathan Taylor wanted to be paid like Christian McCaffrey. And there's just nothing recently to suggest that he should be. Well, you know, that line in Moneyball when Mark Henry, the Red Sox owner says to, you know, um, Brad Pitt, I don't watch the games. No. When he says, when he says, you know, one of the great things about having money is it buys you a lot of stuff and stuff, but it also gives you the ability to not care what baseball thinks. Yeah. And, yeah, I, you know, I don't care what football thinks. I think a lot of times, I mean, football, to quote you, football's so dumb. Are you saying you it's have like, a lot oh, we're of, in, Is that what you're trying to tell No, me? but we're in our window, yet we don't want to go get somebody that could clearly put us over the top because it's a running back. And, oh, no, we have to give up a second-round draft pick. Sure. Teams protect their draft picks like they are such valuable capital. They're not. They're not. I, 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 I feel like Jonah Hill in the parking garage right now. There is a fundamental misunderstanding of the value of a draft pick. Right, 100% I'm not talking that. about the draft board where, you know, the board they go by where it's like, okay, if I give you a six, that's worth trade this. Value or, trade value, yeah, trade value chart. Thank you. 
I'm talking about just a general misunderstanding of what a, a, a draft pick is worth, not a draft pick that works out just a, a routine. What is the value of a routine 59th overall pick? And I don't think I'm cherry picking. I think it's no. very easy that the dolphins could make the AFC championship with Jonathan Taylor. If Ramsey comes back in December, it could happen easily. Yeah. Now you're talking about pick uh, what 61, 62, 63 or 64. Yeah. Right. I think the thing that Miami and, and probably all these other teams struggle with is I wouldn't have been surprised if you had teams that were willing to offer a second round pick, but they just weren't able to figure out a deal with Jonathan Taylor. And I think that's where this whole thing gets so confusing is Jonathan Taylor wanted to be paid market value. And I think some yeah. teams were willing to give Jonathan Taylor, you know, 10, maybe 12 million a year. But if Jonathan Taylor views himself in the same tier as Christian McCaffrey as a player, can you give that guy 16, 17 million and give up a second round pick? Okay. Okay. Uh, would you like to know who was the 59th overall pick last year? You want to take a guess. Uh, so that probably would have been Cincinnati in that. No, but yeah, I'll, I'll say. Yo, Cincinnati. you're close. It was Cam Taylor Britt for Cincinnati. He, yeah. he was the 60th overall pick. Ed Ingram, a guard for the Vikings, was picked Who almost 59. Got cut today. <laughs> you want to go back to 2021 just for fun? Sure. Just for give me the team. I'm, I'm sure I can figure it out. Give me okay, let's see. All right, here we go. Let's test Marcus's ability. Carolina. Ooh, was that? Uh, that probably was an offensive lineman. Uh, 2020. I don't know. Tell me 2021. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver, hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. Okay, but we'll go ahead and do 60. Two, while we're at it, number 60, since we did it for 2022, Pete Werner, linebacker for the Saints. Good player, but it's still an off-the-ball linebacker. How, how are we doing so far? Let's go Let's go one more. You want to go one more? Sure. Nah, we'll, we'll stop. We'll, Come on, we'll give right, you one more. more. One more. All right, let's go back. Let's not do 2020. That was a depressing year. Let's do 2019. Let's see how good Marcus is. All right, 2019 draft, 59. Ooh, this is right after the Cowboys pick. Indianapolis. In 2019, was that Michael mm -hmm. Pittman? Paris Campbell. Oh, I was close. Would you like to hear the Chargers pick? In 2019? Oh, in number uh, 60. Nasir Adderley. That's correct. Nasir Adderley. Retired okay, already. so what do you think? <laughs> oh, man, but we can't give up our second round pick. I mean, that's just too valuable. I mean, you, you know, that's just a bridge too far. Do you see how yeah. dumb football is? Remember when I told you I... I I think GMs are smart. I think assistant GMs are smart, but you can't tell me that people in offices are not subject to groupthink. Look at other things going on in the world right now. People can very much be into groupthink and you start, you know, everyone just think, Hey, a second round pick is extremely valuable. It's really not. It's really not. I wonder how many second round picks are in the hall of fame. I do. I really wonder. I wonder if there's. Oh, you, more you look than like 30. historically the second round is just like a wasteland of, of players because what typically happens is you get like one or two players, like the one or two types of players, like guys that were either first round talents that fell because of injuries, or guys who have like really good athleticism but just don't play well yet, and you're drafting them in the second round because of upside, right? That's typically what you get in round two. All right. If I said, forget the money for just a second. All the players we just named, we named six players, okay? 
all six players, you could have them or Jonathan Taylor for the Miami Dolphins. Which would you rather have? So I get Pete Warner, Paris Campbell, and Nasir Adderley. Who else am I missing? Uh, uh, Chris <laughs> Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall, yes. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, the guard Ed Ingram. Oh, yeah. That swings the <laughs> yeah. trade for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. take Jonathan Taylor. I know, and that that just goes to your point. Like, if it was just a second round pick for Jonathan Taylor, I think fifteen teams in the NFL would have done it. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's just it gets really complicated when you've got to give that guy a contract at the same time. But we can go to the point I made on a podcast a while back ago. We won't deep dive into it. You're totally willing to pay a guard $16 million a year. A guard who's not even Pro Bowl level. You'll pay him $16 million a year for a guard. A guard. Is a I, guard going to win the Super Bowl for the Dolphins no, this year? No. I, well, that it team helped, actually. They do need it. I, I realized that as soon as I said it. They could use it. But yeah. Okay. I, I just think All it's right. a double dip, right? I yeah. think most teams are always good giving up draft capital or paying for a player, but we just very rarely get the guys that do both. And Miami was one of the teams that did do that last year. They traded a first round pick for Bradley Chubb immediately turned around and gave him a monster contract. So we've seen Miami do this in the past. I am curious why they didn't do it for Jonathan Taylor, unless the injury and they're so, I mean, they're just so worried that Jonathan Taylor's that's possible. Not hundred percent yet. That, that, that's possible, but I'd love to use this to segue into something else to give you a great example of how valuable draft picks are. Let's talk about the Raiders 2022 draft, shall we? <laughs> you uh, wanted to talk some news items, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's we're here for. Yeah, the Raiders have a pretty rough uh, 2022 draft, which is not all that surprising. The, their 2020 draft, they've got one player left in that draft. The 2021 draft there's zero players left from that one and they had two first round picks the 2022 draft they have one player uh excuse me they have two players they've got a a left guard and a backup right tackle that are left from that class nfl one of them it wasn't one of them a seventh round seventh round pick thayer munford um teams are just really bad at drafting and they're bad at evaluating talent uh and we see this, they, people overvalue draft picks all the time, as you mentioned. And then two years later, they just get cut in a slew of 37 other players that get caught in the same roster. Now, I don't know why ESPN or NFL Network or somebody like that would would tell you that draft picks are so valuable. I can't possibly think of a reason. Except for why. a 20-hour broadcast that happens in late April every year. Yeah. Uh Okay. You know what I find very funny about the Raiders draft is how much on the chin did Mike Mayock take it for their poor drafts and that I, that was all going to change in 2022 and what happened? Now, in defense of Dave Ziegler, they didn't have a first or second round pick, but they did trade that for Devontae Adams to help booster, you know, bolster that offense, you know, together. Bolster. Trying to use some Lindy's words here. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I... It's, it's not great. I mean, if, if you're brought in to be a GM and your strength is supposed to be drafting, you can't cut multiple early picks in year two before they even make it to year two. Well, if you're going to fortify a physician group, I, I really think you got to get that right, man. You yeah. got to get that right. So, yeah. So one of the other things that uh, Marcus and I were talking about on the phone that got me a little bit, I Marcus got very fired up about a certain player being criticized by the national media today. Extremely fired up. 
I got a little bit mini fired up on uh, uh, an idea, but you asked me on the phone, what is more concerning Chris Jones holding out or Nick Bosa? And after I got, I went on a long rant about Joey Bosa and then realized you said, Nick, I've changed my mind and went to Nick Bosa. I think that's a bigger concern because the 49ers are not leaning on their quarterback. They're leaning on their defense and other parts, coaching, uh, running game, everything. And, uh, 49ers have great skill players to help a quarterback out, but George Kittle, what didn't even practice the entire nope. camp, right? So nope. I think that's the bigger concern. However, that being said, I have a real problem. If I was telling Marcus that if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and win again without Chris Jones's services, that's really going to solidify my position that the quarterback is too heavily weighted in the NFL. Because the Chiefs, they don't have any impact players on defense. We talked about that in one of our last podcasts. Their wide receiver room, you think, is the worst mm -hmm. in the entire NFL. And Pacheco isn't Jonathan Taylor. So what else? I mean, I guess the Chiefs do have a good kicker. They got a really good kicker. They got a good offensive line. And they have a great coaching staff. What else? They have one of the best tight ends of all time. Now, he's getting to be 34 years old right now. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I, can, I mean, I kind of putting that with the receiver core, it's not yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Kelsey's I not mean, enough. I, I do think having Andy Reid, Mahomes, and then offensive line is going to just keep them competitive in every game. Uh, now, are they as scary if they have to go play another good offense? We'll see. I mean, that's going to be the thing. Can they get any kind of stops without Chris Jones? I, I'm, I'm not convinced. I just think the Nick Bosa one is bigger because, first of all, Nick Bosa missing training camp is a big deal. This is somebody who has dealt with a lot of injuries, you know, in college and in the NFL. He's somebody who has been prone to soft tissue injuries. And we just know the history of some of these holdout players that when they, when they miss camp and then they come right in and try to play, which I, I got to assume that Nick Bosa is going to get a contract done, whether it's now after week one or whatever, they tend to get banged up a little bit. I, this happened with TJ Watt in 20, uh, I'm trying to think what year it was. 2021, he held out the whole time, mm -hmm. signed a deal right before the season yep. started, and then had a nagging groin injury all year long. So I think with the 49ers having uncertainty at quarterback with Brock Purdy, an uncertain offensive line, now that they lost Mike McGlinchey and they lost a couple other starters, they need the defense to be absolutely dominant early in the year to carry them. And if they don't have Nick Bosa, I think they're going to be really good, but I don't know if that's the number one defense in the NFL good without him. Right. No, I, I mean, it'd be like the Cowboys without Michael Parsons. Exactly, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's a tough deal. I, I definitely agree there. Um, you know, the Rams Super Bowl hopes hinge on Aaron Donald. <laughs> oh, poor Rams. Yeah. Poor Rams. Do the Rams win seven this year? Uh, I think they will. I, I think Sean McVay is going to get that team to grind out to like seven wins. I got a, a, just a quick sidebar. Which team, or which fan base in the NFL do you think is the least excited about their team going Cardinals. Forward? I disagree. And here's why I disagree. Because they have they have their first-round pick and they have the Texans' first-round pick, and they're watching college football right now like, hey, let's just endure this year and we'll be fine. Is there another team that's going to be like seven wins that just has no shot of being competitive anytime soon? Well, I was going to say throw the NFC South teams in a jar and throw them back out, but 
you can't, it can't be one of them because any one of them has a chance to win their division at eight and nine. So it can't be an NFC South team. It's always fun when you draft a quarterback early, like you're excited to root for that guy. Yeah. Uh, what team has the, like literally the least to look forward to, not just this year, but moving forward. I'll be honest. I, I don't think the Raiders have a lot to look forward to, even if they somehow are competitive this year. I don't, they, they don't have a bright outlook to me. I don't, I don't trust the coaching staff right now. I don't trust who uh, they basically acquired to be their, their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're in a division that's not going to be going anywhere. The Broncos can't be worse. The Broncos just hired Sean Payton. If anything, they're probably going to get better. The Chargers are going to have Justin Herbert. They're never going to let go of him. And Patrick Mahomes is uh, not even 30 years old yet. So, that would be one of my that'd be one of my votes right off the top. Um, Don't tell that the Raider wires listener readers. We need all the traffic. Am I We're wrong? No, I think that's I think that's one of the two for me. Tampa Bay is the other one. Like, I think Tampa Bay's defense is going to be good enough to carry them to like seven, maybe eight wins. Actually, that's a little optimistic, but like they're going to be too good to get a top five pick but they're not going to be good enough to be like relevant in the NFC and they don't have a franchise quarterback and they've got a pretty old roster. It just seems like a bad spot to be in. Okay. Yeah. You're and you're really thinking about right now. I was thinking about the Raiders outlook for the next, however many years, I don't know that this is the right staff and I'm looking at right, two quarterbacks in their division. And a, I don't know if you call Sean Payton legendary, but a coach a really with hall coach. of fame credentials yeah. in your division. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's a good one. I agree there. A interesting, uh, well, the Raiders don't have this problem. One thing the Raiders do have is like the Chiefs, they have a great kicker, but yeah, but four you told me four kickers got traded today, yeah. And I made the comment to you that kicker is this position that is always dogged on and about how they have it so easy, they wear a baseball cap, all they have to do is go in and do one job, and they're always compared to golfers, are they not? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like got, because what Brett Maurer got traded. You told me how, how many extra points did he, he miss? missed? Nine straight extra points in practice, and then he eventually got cut. And you covered the Cowboys by all accounts. Did he not have a great regular season? He did he was amazing year? for Dallas during the regular yeah. season? The Minnesota game sticks out to me. Yeah. Didn't he make like the 60 yarder before twice. half or something? Twice yeah. he made a 60 yarder twice. One of them got called off because of timeout and did it right again. Right. So Clearly, there's a psychological component to this. Okay, of all the sports, all the sports, tennis, are we are we throwing pickleball in there now? I guess we are. Uh, it's an Olympic all sport. Them. What do you think is the one sport that everybody kind of acknowledges, man, that is just a hard sport to get good at? Golf, because it's repetition, right? It's so mental. And it's just... It could be maddeningly frustrating. Like yep. it, it, you know, you, you think you finally got your kind of driver game and then you go out there on a great day to golf. You and Uncle Scott are out there. You've got, That's your, why we have to make tea times every day to make sure we get our reps in. And then all of a sudden you're slicing the ball left and right. And you have no idea yep. why. And then you have to look at your mechanics and all that stuff. So we compare kickers to golf by we, I'm not talking about me. All right. Golf is probably considered to be the hardest sport to play. And yet everyone talks about how kicker is so easy and treat it like it's not important. Kicker might be the hardest position in the NFL. It really will, because at least the quarterback gets his hands on the ball every play. So yeah. you make a bad throw on a 15 yard out, you dirt ball that receiver. Uh, you, you know, you could c- come back 
next one. You miss a key kick in the second quarter, you may not get another chance. And when you do, it's in overtime to win the game from 55. Yep. What's harder than that? Yeah, that's tough. I, I think corner is really hard because you're out on an island by yourself. And if you happen to slip one time, it can be the difference in a game, right? Yes. But I think what's so fascinating about kicker is it's such an important position that we just don't value and talk about it that way. But also, if you and I picked out a position right now, linebacker, could you name the three best linebackers in the NFL right now, in your opinion? Like if you, if you, if I gave you five seconds to think about it, maybe, <laughs> well, don't be too eager there. I was, my point was, if I asked you who the three best quarterbacks in the league, you can give me a list. If I asked you who the three best receivers are in the league, you can give me the list after Justin Tucker and Daniel Carlson. Who's the third best kicker in the league right now? Do we probably have one? T probably TJ Duckett. <laughs> Great call. Number 45, right? Yeah. Run that Alex Gibbs zone read offense. Where did he go after Atlanta? I know this would be a good one for the immaculate grid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been really thinking about doing a podcast where Marcus and I just hammer out this grid on pro football reference that asks you trivia questions. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you guys go over there. It's a little three by three grid that has questions. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we've been doing it, but anyway, I, I see your point. I just, I think again, my football is dumb thing. We make fun of, or I don't, but I know a lot of players and fans make fun of kickers. We talk about it like it's not important. And you know, the quarterback head coach kicker combo, man. Yeah. Wins you a lot of games. If you have the, the, the little triangle of those three, right? So who's got the best? quarterback kicker head coach combo well i guess it has to be kansas city because they've got a good kicker Butker, they've got yeah. the best quarterback and they've got a top three nfl coach so putting kansas city aside because they're clear who's the best qb head coach kicker combo well and it's not surprising that this team has a, basically the same winning percentage as that other team when they're all healthy it's baltimore right with John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Tucker. When those three yeah. guys are all on the field together, they win like 75% of the games, of their games. Boy, who would we take in the NFC right now? Now that is tough. QB, head coach, kicker combo. I'm I mean, serious. That is probably Phil. But see, I don't oh. know how much you trust Nick Sirianni, right? Yeah. 49ers drafted a kicker in the third round this year. He's hurt. They signed and Zane Gonzalez, yeah. and he's hurt. And then they've got Brock Purdy. It's not great. Gosh, you can't do Dallas because Dallas can't get kicker right. What's who's okay. Seattle's kicker right now? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I already went there. <laughs> uh, dare I say Detroit? Who's their kicker now? Is it Matt Prater? <laughs> It's so hard. It's I, so it's, hard. It's hard. Uh, no, I can't go them. Oh, There's gosh, just not, not a lot of good I don't want to see that yeah, conference. I, I think I can name five AFC teams before I named an NFC team. Yeah, it's, um, it's rough. Okay, what did I miss today? We got the kicker trades. We got the Bosa, Chris Jones holdout. I think Bosa is more important, but Chris Jones's holdout really concerns me. I don't think the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl without him. And if they do, I'm worried that the quarterback is far too important to the pro game right now, which yeah. I think we're already leaning that way. We talked about the Jonathan Taylor deal. We both feel like Miami should have made the deal unless there's something we don't know, which is very possible. 
Uh, anything else? Anything else that we're yeah, missing? My my last thing, and I, one of my favorite types of trades in the in the NFL are when we have a player that didn't work out for us, and we're going to trade you for a player that didn't work out for you, and hope the change in scenery yeah, ends yeah. up working out. Yeah. I call this the Antonio Bryant Quincy Morgan trade. Yes. That happened between the Cowboys and the Browns in the early 2000s. We had that today between the Cowboys trading Kelvin Joseph to the Dolphins for Noah Igbenogany, who was a first-round pick by the Dolphins in the 2020 draft. Neither player is good, but hey, let's hey, maybe it'll work out for us now that we're swapping situations. You mentioned a Dolphin first-round pick that I hadn't thought about in ages. Deion Jordan. Yeah, you remember how much? buzz there was about yeah. Dion jordan holy cow wow what's your what's your favorite one of those trades where you just switch you're, you're flopping uh bad player oh. for bad player you know i mean you you i really love the one that you just mentioned uh, i remember the quincy morgan antonio bryant deal uh very vividly and the weird thing was that antonio bryant ended up really making a lot out of his career but i thought at the time wasn't that in the 2004 off season or was it during the season? It was in the off season, right? Going into in five. So bummed. Yeah. yeah. I really thought the Cowboys were getting the better of that deal. I thought Quincy Morgan was going to really work out for that team. And you know, dude. Uh, yeah. And I think the odd thing is, and I've told you this before a little off the subject, but I don't think anyone foresaw how good Terry Glenn was going to be for the Cowboys. When they got him, nobody cared. Uh, Green, he'd been to, he remember he was with Green Bay for one year, 2002. Um, Antonio Bryant was really supposed to be the man because remember in 02, he had that game winning catch against Carolina. And who am I asking? Do I remember? You remember? Yeah, do you remember? Watched it yesterday. Uh, what is the quintessential Antonio Bryant play? Oh, I think it's that one, the game winning one that he got caught from Quincy Carter back at the end zone. Just a fantastic grab. Only a couple of receivers in the NFL could make that catch. No, I think it's too two plays opposite ends of the spectrum, both against the same team in the same stadium uh, ball. He catches on Monday night football in 2003 against the giants, against the giants to set up uh, Billy Cundiff, right? Yeah. Heck yeah. From about 50 to win on Monday night football and that same stadium, the previous like November or December, they're down 35 to nothing. Right. Wasn't it against the giants? Yeah. He catches a touchdown and they're down. The Cowboys are down 35 to nothing. And he catches the ball and he goes and he slam dunks it over the goalpost. And I'm pretty sure the color commentator uh, said, look at the score. Either that or it was Pat. I know Pat Summerall did the game. Yeah. And yeah. I, maybe Pat Summerall goes, uh, look at the score. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, can I give you two more notes before we go? Oh, of course. Why not? Uh, the, sure. Why not? The Patriots cut Bailey Zappi, which I thought was really interesting, right? Because I thought he looked pretty decent last year when he came in and started that game against Green Bay. Rainbow um, Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so New England has no backup quarterback as of right now. So Mac Jones, one of the biggest winners of the cutdown day. No competition for him at all. He's the clear-cut starter there. And then one of the cooler stories, Jimmy Graham made the 53-man roster for Seattle after or for New Orleans, excuse me, after being out of the league the last couple of years, caught a touchdown in the preseason. It seems like he might be back. Wow. I saw the story about Matt Stafford not being able to connect with his young teammates. What did you think of that? I know. You have to add, you, you tell me about that. You probably have more experience that since you're a lot older than I am. How do you connect to uh, young people? Oh, you, you use stuff that the kids use, LinkedIn. 
uh, LinkedIn's a big supporter of Lockdown Cowboys. We just want to be be very very clear. <laughs> I, like, I like LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I was saying, I do. I like LinkedIn a lot. Sure. I, was, I don't know anybody under fifty that uses LinkedIn, but it's fine. I'd see. I didn't say that because I was hoping for a sponsorship. See, I was. I was just use that purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile. Spread the word that you're hiring. Did you have a MySpace page? Were you allowed? Uh, I was not allowed to have MySpace. Uh, I was not. I didn't think your I didn't think your dad would allow that. I don't know no. why I sensed that, but I, I was not. Now I was allowed to get a Facebook page when I was a senior in high school, but that was the first social media I had. How old were you when MySpace was like at its height? I was in middle school, so like 13, 14. Did you want a MySpace? Oh gosh, page? Yeah. I think I even tried to create it like an anonymous account or whatever. But you got to remember, I was from the dial-up internet stages, so it was so hard to make a profile uh, there. But oh, well. oh yeah, well you're always telling me about how hard it is to get internet out there. But I also, you know, we did squeeze the Raiders draft story, and they're really glad that we got in that that, that another draft has been bungled uh, by the Raiders. So uh, yeah, there you go. But if you want to catch more on the Raiders. As always, go over to USA Today Raiders Wire. You can read about all their bad drafts. Uh, Marcus's fine work over there. Marcus also covers the Cowboys for Locked On Cowboys, but you know that already, of course. He does Dynasty. Uh, talk about last-second Dynasty or fantasy oh, drafts. There's goodness. probably a slew of them going on uh, this week. Very, very, Where very do you drop Jonathan Taylor right now? Oh, dude. I, I don't think you can afford to pick him in the first three rounds. You just can't. Uh, I, I think even maybe later than that because you already know you're missing a fourth of the season. Yeah, but if you wait until like you know, if you're one of those people like oh, I'm not taking him to the eighth round, he's long that's gone. Yeah, he's never. I don't think he's going to get past the fifth round. Would it be no, my. I guess? think you're right. I think the fourth is where I start considering him. We talking twelve teams here? Yeah, 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 yeah. So fourth round. If you pick him in the fourth round, you're talking about the top forty-eight players. You could still get really good players, man. The top forty-eight that are going to be available for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. All right. We're going to go on that note. Oh, by the way, catch out. Marcus has been writing for the uh, 33rd team. So you guys check that out. He's got some good news and notes uh, over there. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We really appreciate you guys. We will talk to you later this week. Take care, everybody.